We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app 97.1 fm talk podcast all right welcome back it is a tuesday evening we have what is i think described as a wintry mix throughout the area and dave murray sue joined us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, and it was a rather daunting forecast for the next 10 days or so because yeah. we got a little system moving in today. Nothing too serious. He says maybe a couple inches tonight before it's all over, and then things slow down. Thursday doesn't look too bad with the highs in the 40s, and then the bottom drops out. We get more snow, got really, really cold sub-zero conditions, and that will last through most of next week. So That we'll means keep... that snow will not disappear. It will drag on, and then it'll be icy. Yeah, and, and that's the, and then it, then it melts a little bit during the day if it's sunny, and then it refreezes, and you got yeah. black ice and all that. Gives Don't you like plenty it. to talk about with, like um, with traffic, that's for sure. True. Uh, I, I'm very excited because, and I, I really don't like to bother my regular guests. Like Jennings comes on quite a bit, and you know the regulars, and they don't have contracts on this show like CNN. They do this because they like the show right. and they know me. And Selena Zito was just on last week, and she was kind of handicapping everything in politics. But there was an effort to remove or move the statue of William Penn from William. I'm, I'm sorry, it's called Welcome Park in Philadelphia. And it was, you know, because he's a white supremacist and all this other nonsense. Well, they stopped it. The governor of Pennsylvania got involved. And Selena wrote about this before and after. And she's going to share some perspectives a little bit later. Plus, we have audio cut of the day. I can't remember if Fred says I have anything set for tomorrow yet. But we'll uh, we'll be loaded up, rest assured. Now, we started off the show this afternoon with a little discussion about this. You were able to do something very cool today. Jay Greenberg, who is the special agent in charge of the St. Louis office of the FBI, is with us in the studio to highlight this. Today, Sue, is National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. Jay, how are you? Great. Thanks for being here. I will let Sue kind of take it from here because you got an invite earlier today and you took advantage of that invite. It was uh, pretty important and awesome. It was. And you had already done this. And but in in for National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, they will take you down. And I went with Jay uh, down to the FBI version of this, where they take you through a simulation of what essentially agents and police officers deal with on a daily basis. And it's often in the news. And you think, you know what? I watch these police shows. I like the mysteries. I will read it. But it, we have no idea about these split-second decisions. And you think you do until you do a simulation like this that Jay had me do today. And it is eye-opening. Yeah, Jay, when I did this, I I said at the time, and I repeated this, I wish everyone could have this experience because I think it does put things into a broader perspective. But explain what happens with the simulator and how this all works and what Sue did today. 
Yeah, well, really appreciate you having us out here on National uh, Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. You know, the men and women in blue who are the thin line between sanity and chaos in our society, they mm-hmm. really deserve, you know, our appreciation. And so it's it's great that you're helping us get that message out. You know, my ask to everybody hearing this, if you see an officer gassing up the cruiser at one of your local gas stations, you know, go up respectfully. Just thank them for being there. The happier law enforcement officers are in their job, the better job they do, and every law enforcement Uh, officer is a member of the community where we live. So we all live there. We're all in our off-duty hours there as well as as policing where we are today. The program we put together was really going over with a variety of people the deadly force policy that we are um, governed by, when it's appropriate to use deadly force, when it is not appropriate to use deadly force, use of force continuums, how they're different on the local and federal, the underlying Supreme Court decisions, the precedent, legal precedent that underpins all these policies uh, that control us. And so we put everybody through a little bit of training and then we throw them right on the scenario and they get to be a first person officer. And it it does, there's a difference between, as, as Sue points out, watching a show, thinking, hey, what would I do in that situation? And actually being the one giving commands and figuring out, do I shoot? Do I not shoot? This is a, maybe a, a you know mentally disturbed child, but this person has a gun and is right in front of me. And if you don't act a certain way, you know maybe that person shoots your partner, shoots you, and exactly. you have to figure it out. And some of these, okay, so they have you standing, you know, behind a line in front of a simulation, which is essentially just a video, and you've got a, a fake gun that will record when you shoot at the screen, right? So it'll show you where your shot went and when it happened, and then they rewind it and let you know what happened. But if you're in a scenario, now here's what Jay had told me before you go in, uh, Hands up. You want to see hands. You want to see hands at all times. And you also want uh, you want to talk first. You don't go in shooting, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you want to see hands at all times. But if a hand drops, if it is the person armed, you got to keep your eye out for a gun. And this is split-second stuff. So uh, the one that got me, well, the several got me. And did I you, think I do, shot a did teacher they run in the you leg. Several or just one? Four. Oh, you, I didn't know that. So you did four, four. altogether. Wow. I, was it three or four? Three, four, I don't know. Because I think three I only, or four. I only did one. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I should have come out today. I know. Yeah, well, you I should, should have. have. And Fred did it too. But the first one, we, I, I'm an FBI uh, agent, and I'm at the back, and we're going into a, a, a criminal house. I don't know how else to did say. Did you have it. one of those cool FBI jackets on? Yeah, well, I couldn't see myself. Okay. I, but bet I, you, I bet yell. she did. She and did. they told she me did. to okay, yell. Jay says it, she did. Blue. Okay, good. I looked okay in blue. And we go into this house, and there are agents in front of you, clearing rooms. But then a guy appears in a doorway. Now uh, he says, "Before you see him, uh, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot. I'm unarmed." And he comes out, and he's got his hands up. So I'm thinking, okay, his hands are up. And he's only wearing white shorts, and I'm thinking there's nothing. I don't see a weapon in those shorts. And he comes into the doorway, and he's got his hands up. So I'm thinking, okay, I can see the hands. Everything is fine. But then they start. He starts engaging with us. Say, what happened to my? What'd you guys do with my dog? And in a split second, he grabs from the top of that doorway a weapon and shoots. In a split second, I did not even see it, and so Jay, they rewind it, and because I got, I would have gotten killed, and my partner got killed. But because you're so focused on, okay, the hands, I don't see a gun here, but you have to be prepared all of the time. It took him less than a second to grab that and shoot us. So uh, the ideas behind this, when you think, oh, I don't know how. 
how anybody could not see that guy. I did not even see him grab it. I just knew they were shooting. So the, the simulation that I went through, and I was through the whole class that was the FBI Citizens Academy, so I think because there were so many people in the room, we all got to do uh-huh. you know one scenario, but it was a warehouse shooting, so it was a mass shooting scenario at a warehouse, and I was running the back cover, so there were officers that were ahead of me, but I was behind and trying to you know make sure that everyone was getting out of the building. However... Uh-huh. In a situation like that, and you see this, sadly, at school shootings when the kids come out and their hands are on top of their head and everything, you want to make sure that the shooter's not mixed in with the right, victims, right? right? So in my situation, I just got to brag a little bit. I mean, the guy oh, no. comes around. He, everybody's running. He comes around the corner, and he didn't make it very far. That guy I shot you that guy him. dead. I got him pretty good. <laughs> but, you know, but that doesn't always happen, obviously. It doesn't. And the, the, there was another scenario, like Jay was mentioning, with a, a child, well, a teen, maybe an older child who is, uh, may have a mental issue, you can't tell, and his father is being arrested by us, and my partner has this person, you know, handcuffed off on the side, and out of the back comes this teenage, young teenage kid carrying a gun at his side. Now, we're screaming at him, and I'm, I'm yelling at the screen, drop that weapon, mm-hmm. let me see your hands, drop that weapon. But he doesn't. Now, Mark, as soon as, and he's got it by his side, he could just as easily drop that on the ground as he could pick it up and shoot. Absolutely. And at what point do you uh, shoot? Do you? Because you're uh, you're in danger. Maybe he shoots your partner or his dad himself. And I was a little bit late, and that's too late. He shot. Uh, I, I'm just telling you, these. it's eye-opening. It is eye-opening, Jay. And, that, and that's it's a the kid. point, right? Then what happens? It's a kid. What's the headline? that We were talking about that. Uh, you know, officer shoots a child with a... Uh, mental disability. Right, uh, right. Who's, I mean, it's just nuts. Well, and, and you hear stories, and there are very tragic things that happen when officers, and maybe they make the wrong decision because it's a toy gun they find out in, in the end, but they don't know it's a toy gun. And it sort of goes to the point that you have to make very fast decisions. And then we hear about this in the news, and, and nobody understands the stress, the pressure, right. the circumstances, how quickly they change. And that's part of the purpose, I guess, Jay, of this whole exercise, right? It really is. You know, the systems themselves, we use them for training our agents and officers as they go through different police academies, use these systems to get situational training when it's safe. It's okay to fail in training. It's not okay to fail in real life. And we really are, you know, Sue can probably talk about this. You can talk about this, Mark. There's a really complicated set of instructions everybody's following. You're trying to figure out, do I apply deadly force policy? What are what do I need to do to de-escalate the situation? What use of force do I need to follow in a continuum fashion before I activate? And this is in a controlled, safe, surrounded by your peers. You just got a briefing. It's inside. It's warm. It's fake. There's nothing there. And even in that situation, right, Sue, your heart gets yeah. going. Oh, right? my you're gosh, sweating, yes. You're breathing hard. And so imagine now... You're a patrol officer. You've pulled over a car. You don't know who's in there. You start giving commands. The rain's coming down. 18-wheelers are blowing by you, knocking you off balance. And then somebody starts acting in a way that's inconsistent. And yet, the expectation we have when we watch a video of this officer is, well, why was he rude when he came up to the window? Or why didn't he say it this way or that way? Or why was there profanity? Well, you know, not, not excusing any of that, but I think the purpose of this when we put non agents and non officers through it is kind of a short exposure to try and give officers who are under fire in crisis situations, which every single person in their duty is in every day, a little bit of grace to be human 
and to be processing all of these different factors and trying to figure out how to keep themselves safe, how to keep those citizens safe they're interacting with, and how to make sure we get to the right It goes to the issue of experience, though, too. I mean, and unfortunately, we we see some of these stories that make the news. You you know that they're inexperienced officers that sometimes are making bad decisions. The more experience you have, in theory, you'd be better prepared for this, but you still have to make fast decisions. Oh, and, and, and Jay helped me with this a little bit earlier, how you are so focused, I am so worried, in a fake world, imagine what it is in real world, about anybody getting hurt, my partner getting hurt, or even the person in custody getting hurt or shot. You're so focused on that, and I was so focused on that kid with the gun that I didn't really hear anything else. Do you understand yeah, what I oh, mean? Oh, absolutely. He was talking, sure. but I didn't hear a thing of what he said. And when they replayed it, and Jay said, oh, no, that's a thing. Yeah, auditory exclusion. Oh, absolutely. We know that in crisis, yes. you know, you just you act differently. You've got all kinds of hormones coursing through your body, your blood. Mm-hmm. You're reacting. You're having a human reaction, and that's causing some of your senses. You get tunnel vision with your eyes. You don't hear as well. And that's that's a very real occurrence. So all of our law enforcement officers, particularly our first line officers out there, they're dealing with this every day on every single traffic stop. It does have a cumulative effect. But the good news story here is that in communities where law enforcement officers are appreciated, they're more relaxed in every engagement. Mm. They are following the same procedures and protocols. But if you're not, although we have to expect the worst, if you're comfortable you're at least those officers aren't coming in with a heightened sense of anxiety. Right. Jay Greenberg is here. He's a special agent in charge in the St. Louis FBI office. It's Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. Have you ever had to draw your weapon or shoot anyone? Uh, I have had to draw my weapon. Fortunately, I've never had to shoot anyone. Everybody's been compliant when my weapon has been out uh, through a number of arrests and through a number of interactions that were unplanned. But uh, fortunately for me, I've never had to actually implement deadly force. I'm guessing that there is, for even for, for you, for FBI, for local law enforcement, there's continuous training along these lines with simulations mm-hmm. to keep people, you know, uh, I guess on top of all the changing circumstances. That happens on a regular basis? Absolutely. And, and in fact, you know, as opportunities um, apply, we also do simulated training where we're actually in force-on-force force or person-on-person, person, where we have scenarios that we work through with all of our agents where we give them simunitions or guns that shoot paintballs or fake oh, yeah. rounds or blanks. And we'll have an interaction where you're approaching a doorway to talk to somebody, and then there's somebody you need to arrest inside that develops. And, again, we'll do in-person real people who are told to change how they're doing because – at the end, and one thing we talked about, Sue, is that the deadly force policy has really, it's changed the last couple of years to explicitly state that we have to render aid. And that's always been a practice. And that's a George Floyd thing, it I'm is. guessing. It so explain is. that, because I was going to circle back on this. You said earlier, Jay, that there's a difference between local and federal when it mm-hmm. comes to that. So can you explain a little bit more of the differences and how they that changed? Sure. So the, the federal policy is a federal policy, controls FBI agents, everybody on the federal level. Each state has some slightly different laws. Each agency has different departments. But the standards, the legal standards by which an officer will be judged in any situation about how they applied force will be the same legal standard across the nation with some variation, right, in state laws and what crimes may be charged in any given situation. Um, so we do have different deadly force policies and expectations Right, a local officer might have a taser that they're assigned as equipment and they're expected mm-hmm. if the situation presents to use that taser before they go to deadly force. We as an agency do not have tasers. So our deadly force or our force continuum doesn't include that, right? So we may be working side by side with somebody from a partner agency at the local level 
who has equipment and has a different policy, and we always tell them when we go out on operations, here's our policy. We read it every single time so that everybody is reminded of the exact policy in its entirety before we go out. And then we say, partners from local agencies, you will be operating under your deadly force policy. Make sure you follow it at all times so that they Mm -hmm. don't get sideways with home department if they're working with us on something. So um, that's one of the differences there. In terms of rendering aid, you know, and we talked about this with Sue, at the end of every scenario, you may remember this, Mark, it says, what next? Mm -hmm. What next? So we always want to be training the agents and the officers. It's not just, okay, I shot my gun. What was my reason? Mm -hmm. Am I justified? Well, now the question is, are you safe? Are your partners safe? Are you in a safe circumstance? Do you need to pull back? Do you need to go under the law? Go get that person you just shot, make them safe, secure them, and then start rendering aid because it's on you right. to keep them alive and call for 911 and get help there. So it's yeah. it's complicated what we it's ask the officers to do. It's very complicated. These people do this every day. I'm telling you, it is mind-boggling. Yeah, I'm so glad you got a chance to do it because yeah. it really does. And I can't remember, um, there was a, a news story, and it was from Arizona, I think it was from Phoenix, Rebecca, you might remember this, Mm -hmm. where they went out, the reporter went out and did this with law enforcement, and it was, I think it was pretty much certainly after um, Mike Brown here, but it was very revealing, and that that story, I remember I highlighted that when I shared my story of what happened, because the audio was pretty effective, and the guy saying, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I was shocked. I think there's a lot of people that come out of these simulations, Jay, that are shocked at even what their reaction might be, right? Yeah, we we recently had a community organizer, a judgmental shoot night that we hosted at, at the same range oh, facility. That's a good Sue, idea. We had a conversation and some of the telling comments from even our local folks here in the community afterwards were, oh, I never realized how yeah. important compliance was and yes. how I can be part of de-escalation in every situation and that I need to be telling the people in my community, hey, law enforcement's not out to get us every single time. Let's make their jobs easier and we'll have fewer bad interactions, right? We'll have better interactions. So it really is a, a team approach. And uh, again, really appreciate you highlighting this for everybody. We're always hiring. Local departments are hiring. And we're, we're looking for the right people to join the ranks so that everybody's happy with the policing that, that is available to them. Yeah, they're worried about you're looking at everybody's safety from that point of view. You just want to make sure everybody is safe and not getting hurt. And that's a big job <laughs> at all times. So it's eye-opening. So thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, a great way us. to highlight National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. Jay Greenberg, always great to have you in. We love our relationship with the FBI. Rebecca, who's with you, uh, we appreciate the um, you know the invites and you keeping us in the loop on everything. So thank you so much, Jay. It's great to see you. I hope you had a nice holiday. And we will see you soon, hopefully on a positive front like this, where we're not talking about bad crimes or something. Yeah. We'll Happy see you. Thank you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You know, there was a story over the weekend I saw about the removal of a William Penn statue in Philadelphia, and I wanted to do it on the show yesterday. I never got to it. And then there were some further developments. And the one person that I knew that wrote about it was our friend Selena Zito, who was on just last week. And Selena, I told the audience even this afternoon, I hate to bother you because you're so great to us and you come on here. But I, I knew about this statue kerfuffle, and then you wrote about it. And I already thought about getting you on. But then there have been some changes and developments in this story, haven't there? Uh, Yeah, there absolutely have. So as you said, over the weekend, uh, the Independence um, Hall National Park, which is sort of the national park where the Liberty Bell is, Independence Hall, and Welcome Park. And Welcome Park is where the bronze statue of William Penn is. And in case anybody doesn't know who William Penn is, he is the founder of Pennsylvania. Um, He he lived in the uh, late 17th century uh, in, in Pennsylvania and in London, and he was a Quaker. If anybody knows what Quaker is, they were the earliest of the social justice um, sort of warriors um, in our country. He was, and he was a pacifist. So, so the, the um, National Park announces this on Twitter. And, you know, the, the announcement has been scrubbed. But I put it in my story because I had a feeling this was going to go south really fast, (laughs) that there was no turning back from this decision and that William Penn would never return to this park. And instead, they would take um, suggestions and comments for a more inclusive person to be put in. And, And so... Within, I don't know, maybe six hours after my story posted, um, I get a a call from um, Josh Shapiro's office. He's the governor of Pennsylvania. And they said, take a look on Twitter. And so I went to his Twitter feed and, you know, he stepped right in and he called uh, or his team called the Biden. That part isn't clear if it was him or his administration administration called the Biden administration and, and was like, basically, oh, no, 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 we're not doing that. Right. Um, and, and, you know, kudos to Shapiro. Um, I, I can't use his quote on the air for what his philosophy is. People can go and see my Twitter feed, uh, Zito Selena. Uh, but he has a, a philosophy of like, let's just get stuff done. And you saw it last year, if you remember, when that bridge collapsed in Philadelphia after that truck had had compromised it and exploded it underneath. And within a week, the entire bridge was re, reconstructed and people were using the highway. 
And and so kudos to Shapiro for taking action on this. I'm sorry. We live in St. Louis where our leaders don't really get anything done. So that's really foreign to us for someone to actually take action who's a Democrat and get something done. But on on this particular front, the, the Park Service says, I want to back up a little bit here. They say they would rehabilitate Welcome Park to, and these are their words, provide a more welcoming, accurate, and inclusive experience for visitors. Right? So they uh, who did someone go rogue at the National Park Service? Do you know anything more about how this happened? So nobody, uh, nobody has said that to me on the record. However, I think that's a pretty accurate assumption that you just made that that people, you know, here's the thing about governing and, and the bureaucrats that work in governing, especially ones who are communicators. There's this thing called inference. Right. And they can take things that they're either corporate leader or the president says and think they can just assume he, they want this and go with it. And I suspect that's just what happened. And by the way, it's never going to happen. People in my state were going crazy. Really? William Penn, literally a Quaker, like. Think of the Quaker Oats dude. That was literally who he was modeled after. By the way, there's two references today on the show to the Quaker Oats dude, because, Sue, you featured something in Sue's News about, like, the Quaker Oats company, right? right? So that's weird, too, in and of itself. But what is, in your column, you kind of went through the history of William Penn, a little bit what he's all about, and you said, look, the the guy was no perfect man, right? Right. So, like many people um, in that era, especially most of his life was lived, in the in the 16 i think he was born 1640 so most of his life was in this you know 1600s uh and and he did own 12 slaves it is unclear if he freed them all i know he freed most of them based on digging into his um diary uh, or his journal, I'm sorry, not diary, journal that you can find in the National Archives. Um, but um, so that that part is unclear. But I, I don't think that was even that that was even part of it. I, I, I just think, you know, people think that they can can just disappear a figure because their time has passed. I mean, let's remember Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt's um, statue was removed in New York City. Teddy Roosevelt. I mean, he was the first president to actually have lunch with someone of color in the White House with uh, Booker T. Washington. Yeah, Brian Kilmeade, who's on regularly, wrote a book about that recently, came to St. Yeah, Louis to visit right. with the with the audience. So did the—I was just looking this up. There's a, Is there a new mayor of Philadelphia, Sherelle Parker? Did she say anything about this? Mm, not that I knew of. Okay, interesting. I but, mean, it went boom. Like, Shapiro took care of that immediately. Yeah, and you said, you know, cre- he's a Democrat, but credit where credit is due on this one, right? Yeah, and 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 um, you know he's he, he gets it. He is not. I mean, he is certainly a Democrat. However, he is not cuckoo for cocoa puffs far left. Just like you can have cuckoo for cocoa puffs far right. Right. Exactly. Right. Yep. Like this is a guy who's a pragmatic 
um, uh, manager. He understands his role of govern- as governor is to be the chief executive of his state. And most of his decisions are based with that philosophy in mind and not ideological. So did, do you sense, I mean, I don't think there's really a, a exact way to gauge this, but, you know, if, if this would happen here, we'd have a group of progressives in the city that would still be outraged that that statute's going to stay there. Was there a reaction like that or not? No, everybody loves Good. William Penn. Glad to hear <laughs> Look, you have to, you have to understand. When William Penn's statue, which is also on top of City Hall, was eclipsed by, it was always the highest building in the city, in Philadelphia. When it was eclipsed by the Liberty Center, which eventually became Comcast Center, for two decades, the, no, no Philadelphia sports team won anything. And it was called the curse of Billy Penn. And so the iron workers went on top of that building and put like a couple inch tall um, a statue of William Penn to end the curse. And it did within months the the, the, the Phillies won uh, the, um, the World Series. So you don't mess with with William Penn in Pennsylvania. That is a great story. I love the way that this story concluded, and I'm glad that you uh, you highlighted it here because uh, even though you know Shapiro got involved and changed everything in the narr- narrative of the story, I, I just wanted to highlight it because I thought it was something that people really hadn't heard about because it it fizzled so quickly. But exceptional work here as usual, Selena Zito. It's weird, you know, these guys from Pennsylvania. We talked about this last week with Fetterman. There's people in my part of the world that's saying, "Hey, this Fetterman guy is not too bad. He's not. He's he's not one of the cuckoo." for Cocoa Puffs Democrats either. <laughs> well, both sides have their cuckoos. Um, right now, Pennsylvania is in a good position with Senator Fetterman and uh, Governor Shapiro. I highly suggest people read my interview with Fetterman in the Wall Street Journal last week. Um, I think it would be um, very revealing. Um, it was excellent, to- yeah. Yeah, it was outstanding. Hey, are you um, by any chance? I hope you're not because it's going to be like 35 below zero. But are you going to Iowa next week? I've already down in Iowa. My story will be coming out um, tomorrow, late tomorrow afternoon. Any preview of the story? We talked about this a little bit last week. Anything changed with the dynamics of Iowa heading in? And I don't know if you think the weather is going to affect this or not, but that that's another factor. It's always minus 22 degrees in <laughs> Iowa in January. I mean, Good it's point. sort of a badge of honor. I just caution people, and and I know it's really, really hard to look at those polls and say Trump is inevitable and and not say Trump is inevitable. However, I have covered Iowa for a very long time, and I'll just remind voters of Mike Huckabee and Rick Santorum. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say, because no one thought either one of those men we're going to win Iowa in 2008 and 2012. And I completely agree with that, although the the creature that is Donald Trump was not around back then. And the, he's a unique person in all of history and politics. There's no doubt about that, no matter what you think of him, right? I was in Howard County, Howard County, Iowa, which is on the border of Minnesota and just almost touches Wisconsin. Um, Democrat County forever and ever and ever until Trump came along, and he literally flipped that county. It was one of the counties highlighted in my book, The Great Revolt. And I will tell you that those voters have gone from uh, Trump to DeSantis. And a lot of that has to do 
with DeSantis showing up in their county. Trump did not. And it has to do with DeSantis and his wife making phone calls to those people, literally personal phone calls to them, asking them to consider for the vote, and them having zero voter contact by Trump or well, Nikki Haley. And that's interesting. And that would point to, look, if, if, if DeSantis tanks next week, well, then he, with all that effort, then I think you would agree he's, he's toast. Um, probably. Yeah. Well, we'll see what um, happens. I just, I'm, I'm just, I just don't know. It, it, it does, does DeSantis become the Huckabee and the Santorum of 2008 and 2012? And if he does, does he learn the lessons that those men did not going forward? Well, we're going to find out soon enough. Excellent work here on the William Penn story. Thank you so much again for coming on tonight, Selena. I really appreciate Thanks. it. All right, I have a, a great audio cut of the day. Coming up here on 97.1 FM Talk tomorrow, we are loaded up. We have Congresswoman Wagner, Congressman Jason Smith from the House Ways and Means Committee, Will Scharf, who is running for Attorney General. Will was with President Trump yesterday on the hearing over immunity. Alex Rich joins us on a Wednesday afternoon. And I have, oh, you know what, Sue, I might, I might have to highlight this here. As, let, me, let me just play this as a preview because we're going to talk about this tomorrow. This is one of those TikTok things that went viral from someone in Generation Z. So check this out. I cannot stand how the news has been dogging Gen Z and calling them lazy for not wanting to work a 9 to 5 for the rest of their lives. Let me put it in perspective for everybody who's a little confused here, okay? I work five days out of the week, 40 hours a week, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. I do not make enough to live on my own. Well, you know what? None of us did when we were that your age. That is correct. I, I had two roommates. I couldn't just live with one roommate because mm-hmm. we couldn't afford the apartment. We mm-hmm. had two roommates, right? So the, uh, we're going to analyze that just a little deeper tomorrow on the show. Uh, you know, we were talking about technology. CES has started in Las Vegas, and I went down the uh, the rice cooker rabbit hole today, Sue, because Ooh. as you know, in 2023, it was very historic. And I cannot believe I'm actually very ashamed and embarrassed by this that I never had a rice cooker. I didn't until 2021 or something. I honestly don't know. It was so dumb. And for those of you who don't have rice cookers, get a rice cooker. They're so cheap and delicious. Okay, but here's here's the thing. I, I bought it. We bought a cheap one from Target. Yeah, it wasn't that? Yeah, it was like mine's... 30 bucks or something like that. And I like it quite yeah. a bit. I use it on a regular basis. But oh, then no. I start. Well, I, I just I feel like I need to upgrade. And you don't. It works. No, perfectly I think I fine. do need to upgrade just uh, a little bit, I, and I can go into more detail on that. Okay. But what I don't know that I need to do because if you go out there and you just search rice cooker reviews, there's this um, there's this rice cooker out there that's like the Cadillac of rice cookers. You know how much it is? A, a million. It's okay, like three hundred and twenty-five dollars. But it. everybody says it's like the best thing on the planet. I did find one that's like eighty bucks. There. That has really good reviews. So there. I might take a step up yes. to that one because here's here's what I'll tell you. I've been at friends' homes where they have rice cookers, and you can you can start it in the morning, and then you come home at night. It's just perfect, right? Mm-hmm. The one that I have right now, it's fine if I cook it right before the meal. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if I'm going to have dinner tonight, I put it in the rice. It's yeah. good. But if I leave it in there and I try to use it again later, not not quite as good. Well, no. But it's, it's not the Cadillac. Dollars. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I'm just telling you, I might take a step up here. Oh, but there doesn't gosh. seem to be... Here, here's the other thing. I think it's going to make a big difference. I do based on what I've read. I've done some intense right. research on this. All soon. right, fine. And, but what's weird is you seem to have... You got the $30 shooter. 
You got to and, and but we can't. And let's say this: the thirty dollars shooter is great. It's, it's not bad, right? Yes. And then you have several that are under a hundred dollars. Still, you have some that are about a hundred to one hundred and fifty. Mm. And then you take a leap to like the three hundred thirty dollars. Oh, yeah, there's one. a big old gap in there. There's a big gap. So I'll keep you posted on right. on Rice Cooker Future here in the Reardon household. It's very important. Playback ready. Now the audio cut of the day. All right, I did a, a much bigger version of this in the monologue to this show, and I really do think it's important for a variety of reasons. What I'm about to play you is the continued dust-up between Jimmy Kimmel and NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers. And just just a little uh, you know, background on Kimmel and what he does. This is an example of the shots that he takes. Aaron Rodgers is too arrogant to know how ignorant he is. <laughs> they let him host Jeopardy for two weeks. Now he knows everything. He genuinely thinks that... Because God gave him the ability to throw a ball, he's smarter than everyone else. The idea that his brain is just average is unfathomable to him. So he makes fun of uh, Aaron Rodgers quite a bit. Now, he kind of went into the dust-up, and he played the clip that originally, I think, triggered Rodgers. Well, let me show you the moment that so badly bruised Aaron's Thanksgiving Day parade-sized ego. <laughs> Needless to say, all this UFO talk has the tinfoil hatters going wild, including Green Bay whack packer Aaron Rodgers, who offered... This hot take on the Pat McAfee show. I, I believe that this has been going on for a long time. Interesting uh, timing on everything. There's a lot of other things going on in the world. Did you hear about the Epstein client list uh, about to be released too? What's that? What are you talking about? There's some files that have, have some names on it that might be uh, getting released pretty soon. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Might be time to revisit that concussion protocol, Aaron. <laughs> All right, so to me it sounded like that's the clip from February. To me it sounded like Jimmy Kimmel's making fun of Aaron Rodgers for being so stupid, and he wears a tinfoil hat. He thinks there's some list coming on about Jeffrey Epstein. But when Aaron Rodgers mentions this on Pat McAfee's show last week, Kimmel goes nuts and acts as if Rodgers is saying that he was a pedophile. The history of this, before I get into what I said, what I actually said, and how I feel about uh, all that. The history of this, whatever this is between Jimmy and I, this goes back to COVID times, right? And in COVID times, he mentioned on his show uh, jokes about my uh, immunization, which I know you, you also made a little joke about it. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into that whole thing. That's so he goes into the background and how Jimmy's picked on him and how, you know, this sort of developed. And this is really the... Uh, the mic drop moment, and he couldn't help himself, and I support him on this. I'm glad that, that Jimmy uh, is not on the list. I really am. And and uh, I don't think uh, he's the P word. Um, and, you know, I think it's impressive that a man who went to uh, Arizona State and has 10 uh, joke writers can read off a prompter. I thought that was great. But it's important for this reason. After he made that crack, and it was a good one, he went into really the history of COVID, Dr. Fauci, all the nonsense, the things that he was accused of. It's worth watching and listening to. You can find it online. Pat McAfee's show is on YouTube. It's outstanding. And I'm going to say that Aaron Rodgers won this round. We'll see how baby Jimmy Kimmel reacts tonight on his show. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 